Big Bad Cooney. What it is. Big Bad Cooney. Hello, Papa. What's going down, clown? Oh, nothing much. You, uh, you got, well, I guess in the grand scheme of things, you have one day left at your present job. Indeed. Before you roll to your new job. Mm-hmm. And then it's on to, a lot of people say, greener pastures. But you don't know that to be a fact. You're just trying a new job, right? Yeah. You're just about to bust off into something new. Mm-hmm. Something you want to try. Yeah. Might as well. You ain't going to get to hunt this weekend either. But you're probably going to have to work Saturday anyway, ain't you? Yeah. Didn't they tell you you're going to be a Saturday head for a good minute? Yeah, they said a lot of Saturdays <clears throat> starting out. So, this weekend, uh, I've got the truth in nature. i got a guide for truth in nature, which we've had, we've talked about them a good bit on the podcast. The, the ministry for... Uh, single parent boys. I always forget that's that's always youth opening season. No, it's, it's usually not deer season though for the Dallas chapter. It's usually later. Yeah, you, usually it ain't because we usually go on right opening day of youth. Yeah, but you're in that weird spot too where in Georgia you're not you're too old for the youth deer rifle hunt, but you're too young to take a youth youth, because you're 17 which is i mean that is strange so you're at that year of limbo right there to where you know you could go squirrel hunting or something like that by yourself yeah but you can't go deer rifle hunting you could go bow hunting yeah that's about it it's just a just a calm down year this so, is the year you're really supposed to figure out if hunting's what you want to do. So I got the, I got a guide for that hunt Saturday. Be taking a mentor and a, a young man out deer hunting. I guess what Buck's gonna take G money out. Yeah, if Buck is the is the Truth Nature one Saturday and Sunday. No, it's just Saturday. Just couldn't, Saturday. Couldn't remember if it was both days or not. And I hope I hope I get a boy, or you know. Uh, I like taking somebody that's never harvested, killed a deer before. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm telling you, when you, when you get to take somebody and, and give them the opportunity to do that, and it happens, or even if it don't happen, I, I like to go with somebody that's never even been hunting before. Period. Like it's their first time. You know, in the mornings and the woods are waking up, you know what I mean? And the birds are chirping, the sun's yeah, coming you, up. Here it go from dead silent to tweety birds everywhere. Yeah. Then the sun starts coming up, you finally start to see it. So I like to look I like to look at that kid or even an adult. You'd be surprised the adults that are in their forties that have never been out in the woods like that. And, you know, whoa, realize what goes on in the woods when the sun rises or what goes on in the woods when it's pitch black. 
Like you want to talk about being dark. But imagine how many people haven't really seen shown of dark. Like, like deep in the woods, dark. Like when we were, when we had our dog and we was coon hunting, son, we was in the woods and it was dark. Yeah. Remember there was that one night we went down and she was treed and as yeah. we was coming back out, a hog. Yeah. A hog. Got just, up and got gone, just, son. Just <laughs> run right in front of us. Like, whoa, cuz. Yeah, I remember that. That so dark you don't even hear nothing. Mm-hmm. Not so dark that you don't see nothing. Like a creepy feeling. But, see, because I come up coon hunting, though, I've got what they call Confederate night vision. Oh, is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah. Because I've I've hunted these woods of the deep south pretty much. I'm still Confederate. Yeah, I never see streets that have Confederate night vision because I've I've hunted the woods of the deep south, and that's been passed down to me since the Civil War and I now have well not now have I've always had Confederate night vision but me and Buck don't have this Confederate night vision y'all don't have is is this one of the things that skips generations wait y'all don't have Confederate night vision for one reason and one reason only what's that you haven't had to hone it in and actually Use it. It's something that you have to obtain by use. Right? Okay. Say your dog up there, just a tree and haw, 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 haw. I'm talking about cop back trees, son. And you look, you shine in the light by yourself. Mm-hmm. You shine in the cone, trying to find the cone with your light, then all of a sudden, your light goes out. It's gone. No more light. Then what you gonna do? I'm gonna have to get back to the truck somehow. What you gonna do? You up on a big ridge top. You up on a big ridge top. Your light goes out. I'm talking back before cell phones, cause you know most cell phones now got a flashlight on them. And that thing lasts a pretty good while. Yeah. You ain't got no light. Nothing. What you gonna do? Start walking back the way I come. You better flip the switch on that Confederate night vision. If I walk far enough, one way I'll hit a road somewhere. If you if you ain't got that night vision, you gonna walk into a tree. Mm. Or walk off the edge of a cliff. Nah. Yeah. So I d- it I d- sounds like this Confederate night vision is something that comes to you. When you need it, not something that you hone in when you need it. No, see, you haven't had to hone it in. You haven't had to because you ain't been through the country. See, back when I when I was started coon hunting, like if you had a mag light, you was doing good. And and back then, mag lights wasn't hitting on much. They wasn't really any flashlight that was hitting on much back then. What'd you start off with a lantern? <laughs> Come on, <laughs> no, Billy Coleman. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't. I wouldn't know. It wasn't way back then, you Wait. know, with a lantern. What What would you say was the the first when you really got big into it? Now, when I when I got shown up big into coon hunting 
was mm, that's when I was competition coming hunting I'd say what, uh, what, what year do you think or maybe 90 90 something oh, so they had some some decent oh yeah they had then. yeah yeah but I'm talking about like when I was a little kid oh so you you, you had to hone in your confederate night vision at a young age at a young age I had to use it and that now I have confederate night vision that's like when I go out here so is it like a so is this confederate night vision like a street light is this something that past eight o'clock it comes on or something like that? It only comes on when it's show enough dark, like really, really dark. So right now it's seven seventeen. Yeah, I, I can still see through the wood. At night vision works. Like you can't even see a foot in front of you when it comes on. Yeah, hmm. when you can't see nothing, that's when Confederate night vision kicks on. Interesting. Yeah. So. Yeah, you ain't. I mean, I don't know, man. You, you, know, you probably won't never have the gift. Wow. Why do you think I won't never have the gift? You won't. Ha- you don't have. You don't never put yourself in a have to situation to use it. Mm-hmm. So how do you know? I'm how not, do you I might know? not ever know. It's like Wolverine, the X Man. I feel like it's nothing like that. It's like Wolverine, the X Man. I feel like it's more like Spider Man. He didn't got, know. Bite by, got bit by a spider, and he's special. The X Man Wolverine didn't know he was a a Wolverine until balls out of his Wolverine movie. So I don't I don't know. Well, so yeah, you don't get to hunt this weekend. Probably work Saturday. I'm taking G money for all y'all. G money is my nephew. Who is he's twelve now, ain't he? Yeah, I think so. He killed his first deer last year, and I know that little joker is pumped up. To show enough, try to kill another deer this year. Um, and I got that truth in nature hunt. And like I said, man, I, I really, I mean, I'm I'm blessed to be able to take whoever it is and happy to take whoever. But I really like to take somebody who, who's brand new, who's fresh in the woods. I don't think I've ever been with anybody who's brand new in the woods. Really? I like going with adults that are brand new, spanking new in the woods. I like doing that. Anybody brand new in the woods, I really enjoy doing it. I ain't never partaken that action before. It, it it makes me it makes me remember when I was learning new things in the woods. Not that I know everything. Don't get me wrong, but uh, explaining somebody to somebody why. Why they're hunting, where they're hunting, why you put them where they're putting. Hey, you may want to watch over here. Sometimes the deer come out over here. Or, you know, if the wind starts blowing this way, you probably won't see nothing over here. So be looking over here. You know, pay attention to the wind. Blah, blah, blee, blee. And it's more than just taking somebody out there and saying, okay, sit right here. If you see something, bust it. Holler at me, I'll come pick you up. No, it's way more than that. There's so much more to it, you know. So, if if you was to take somebody brand new hunting, right? Mm-hmm. If I said, okay, Cooney, such and such wants to go hunting. 
just pick anybody in your head. It doesn't matter. Uh, an adult. Okay. Deer hunting. What would you do? Saturday. He ain't never. This is what we all for me to take. At least use your mind. So okay. They, they got to know their gun safety. Okay. So you're going to make sure they're familiar with a gun. Mm-hmm. And if they are not, then you're going to show them the operation of the gun that yep. you're going to let them borrow. How to, where the safety is, how to load it, how to unload it. Treat a gun like it's always loaded. Yeah. Look, how to look through the scope, find don't, your target. Don't take the safety off till you're ready to shoot. So, so right off the rip, you're going to make sure they know gun safety. And if they don't, you're going to go through a, a little bitty course of the Cooney. You're going to give them. Mm. Give, all right, so now. Now you're feeling secure with their gun safety. What yep. you, What you going to do? Assuming they have on the appropriate clothing. Meaning what? Meaning they got their orange on. Okay. That's pretty much it. I, I think that falls into your gun safety. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Then I'd, I'd take them to a spot. I'd, I would probably, if I was taking somebody hunting that would never been, probably try to do a little pre-planning and go out there and find it. Find a spot or sort of know what's going to go on. Okay. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So, might have a few spots right. picked out in case one don't work out. Out of, out of the spots we've already got right now mm-hmm. that you know of, where would you take somebody? Johnny Monk, you're taking said. What are you going to tell them? Are you going to take them all the way to the spot and hunt with them? No, we're going to hunt as we're going. You're going to stalk. Mean, yeah, pretty much a stalk. You're gonna spot and stalk. So you're gonna hunt a wide area. Mm-hmm. Okay. Any particular reason? Any because I think it's safe to say that the spot and stalk method, um, how we do it anyway, and in our area is going to yield less results in games taken than. The steel hunting method. Would you not agree? I would agree. You're, you're going to kill more, I think, than you would spotting and stalking. Yeah. Yeah. More than likely. Okay. So why would you choose for that person's first hunt to be spot and stalk? Because I myself don't like the, the sit still method. Okay. And I believe that the spot and stalk is more funner, if that's a word. You learn more than just sitting in one spot. Right. You're walking through the woods. You might come up on a rub or something, and they, you know, they've never been hunting. So you're like, "This is a rub. This is what it means." You might come across a scrape. This is a mm-hmm. scrape. This is what it means. Right. You might find a, a deer bed or something laying right. on the ground. You can sort of show them the signs of why there's deer there, or why there yeah. would be deer there. Tracks, acorns, stuff like that. Yeah, food sores. Travel corridors. Okay. So are you going to, if this person says, I got all, I'd like to hunt all day, you going to do that all day? They want to do it all day, we will. Okay. Well, you, depending on how long you glass bottoms and ridges, I'm assuming you're going to be, like I've taught you to do, up on ridges and you, mm-hmm. you're working the wind, so you're explaining to the person the wind, right? Yeah. And you're up on ridge tops and you're glassing through hollers 
and on other ridges from the ridge you're on. Depending on how long you do that, I mean, you could cover a lot of dang ground, son, in an all-day hunt like that. And I, so you're going to have to have, unless you're going to do it, like I said, like a lot of sitting along the way, you're going to have to have a big chunk of ground, boy. Well, if I, if I did it, if they wanted to hunt all day, if we didn't harvest anything the first half of the day, I'd come out, we'd eat lunch. Yeah. Lunch is an important part of the day. Right. Then I'd probably go back in for that second half and just do a sit hunt. Okay. So sit in the second half of the day. Now, is that because I explained that to you and you got to thinking about it like, whoa. (laughs) Whoa, that is going to be a lot of walking. So would you go, say you didn't see anything or you didn't see any deer would you choose to sit somewhere you had been, or would you go to a teetotal different location? I think I'd probably go. I don't know. It depends on on what I'm feeling. I might go back to the same spot. I might go to a completely different spot so, just because. Uh, so you've noticed. I I mean, you've been with me just about every time. But so you you've got to see me have to have enough spots for all y'all to hunt right mm-hmm. and we told them, come on go yeah right but have you noticed how many spots how many spots we've got to where if we pull up in somebody's truck there's somebody else where we's gonna go right yeah. so i would suggest if cooney's planning on doing that first off you need to find your own spots. But second off, you got to have multiple spots. Because if, you, if you've if got a buddy or somebody and you've said, hey, man, I'll take you hunting, what a dang bummer it's going to be to pull up. And Cooney's planning on walking four or five miles in the woods here. And Joe Blow's already parked there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So say y'all do get a deer, then what you gonna do? Well, depending on how far in there it is, because I've learned my lesson. I might gut that joker right there where he lays. Okay. And then, and depending on what type of hunt it is, if I gotta take it to the game, the check-in station, I'll take it to the check-in station. Right. We'll go through that process. Right. Bring it back, skin it. Give me a cooler ice, put that stuff in it, check it every day and drain my water. So, But are you going to show the whole rip and roar, the whole the whole deal? You're going to oh, yeah. explain everything to them. So it's more than just a hunt or just... It's, it's more than just shooting an animal. Right. And really and truthfully, if if somebody wants to go with me... If they're not looking for that experience, then I'd much rather them not go. You know what I mean? If you if all you're wanting to do and you're brand new to hunting is oh I want to I want to kill a deer, right? Mm-hmm. And that's all you want to do. I'd I'd much I'd much rather you not go. I I think of back back to skinning it. I think of that as a 
when you take it to a, like a deer cooler or something and get them to process it all that for you. Right, I see because that. Because when, you, when you're killing an animal, you're primarily killing an animal for meat. Right. So the skinning process is showing you really what you harvested. Right. The what like what it is you didn't just harvest a, a four legged brown animal. Right. You harvested meat. Meat. I get what you're you saying. Harvested two hefty back straps. Right. Some tenderloins on the inside. Mm-hmm. Some hind quarters, some front shoulders, some neck meat, neck roast. The fat from behind the eyeball. No, I'm not eating no fat from behind anything's eyeball. They say you chew on it like gum. That's what they say. Hmm. You, ain't, you ain't gonna figure it out. That'll get rid of your Confederate nightmare. Why? So deer, gives you deer vision. Mm-hmm. So you're you're saying you're gonna give the whole teetotal experience to the best of your knowledge. Mm-hmm. To the best of your knowledge. I think if anybody was wanting to hunt and has never been hunting before that's what they they should be wanting is to be because you can take i got i bet you i got 10 spots in mind right now that if somebody wanted to shoot a deer i could sit them set them down in any one of those 10 spots and i would give it a probability of about 85 percent I mean, really and truthfully, only because we've put in so much work over the years, that's the easy part now, right? We got places that we know where some deer are. Yeah. And we we got places. And and primarily, we don't really use those places unless it's last two or three weekends of the season and we just just ain't killed nothing. Yeah, because we're... we're Then we'll go to one of those places where we know we're going to sit for maybe two, three hours. Yeah. We're going to see, at least see something. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, we got plenty of places like that. So. But if uh, somebody was coming to, if somebody was coming to me wanting to go on a hunt, I couldn't just, I couldn't just take somebody out there, sit for three hours, let them shoot a deer, drive to the deer processor, and then pick, and then go back and pick it up for them the next day and give it to them. Right. That ain't, that ain't part of the hunt. Right. You got to get out there and get get at it. Yeah. Put in that work, as you say. And learn learn as much as possible, right? Mm-hmm. Because I learn something new every time I go in the woods. It may be something different than just learning the lay of the land at a piece of property I'm at different. You know what I mean? You get some gig about the woods. You ain't got to have a thousand dollars worth of camouflage no you don't to harvest anything you sure don't i mean look at the pictures of them people back in the old days son they was going out there in flannel shirts big tall orange hats look look everything at, look at some of the pictures of us i know we got we got camouflage that dates back before camouflage was a pattern i probably got more pictures of me with animals i got in liberty blue overalls than any camouflage yeah i guarantee it most most of the turkeys not most but some of the turkeys i've killed have just been i've threw a leafy suit on over blue jeans and a shirt right 
because we was out probably out doing something going to eat or something right then decided something um blake wright went turkey hunting one morning he called me or i called him one of the two early in the morning and i was getting off at the police department at six o'clock and um whoever called whoever i can't remember anyhow we decided to go a turkey hunting and uh we got to where we was going and i didn't have anything (laughs) nothing i had on my black police pants black boots and i had a shirt with no sleeves on that's what i wore under my my uh, bulletproof vest and uh i remember we got out there and heard a bird gobble and that bird just happened to be because we knew the lay of the land we knew how we could get to that bird and close the distance big time without him seeing us and uh it just worked out just right and blake was able to shoot and get that turkey i didn't have a lick of camouflage on one not a lick of camouflage and i'm gonna tell you if there is any type of hunting that you're doing that you want camouflage that you should have camouflage it is turkey hunting yeah turkey that that's a turkey's thing turkey see for i don't, I don't know what the distance is exactly but they see forever right that's when hunting that's what i'm squirrel hunting i'm gonna tell you something about coon hunting when you take somebody brand new that has never coon hunted a lick in their life, there's one of two things going to happen. Either it is going to be the quickest hunt that you've ever been on. You cut loose the, the dog tracks and trees in 20 minutes. Bam, you got a coon. They ready to go to the house. They, they enjoyed it. They had a good time. Are you going to cut that dog loose and it's going to be one of the most miserable nights of your life? There's never any in between. Never. If there, if if I could only do one type of hunting for the rest of my life, it'd probably be coon hunting. I really enjoyed You're just trying hunting. to get that Confederate night vision. No, no. I actually really enjoyed coon hunting. I, I enjoyed love, it a lot I, more than turkey hunting. I love coon hunting. When I... When I get moved out from this place, if it's in the Lord's will, I'm going to get back in it. But right now, I can't. We've lost our private land to hunt and the private land. I mean, right up the road here from us. How many acres you think that is going to be a subdivision? That's a, a lot. Could you imagine the deer hunting that was right there? They cut this subdivision in. I don't know how many dad blasted acres it is. They come in there and just scout out there. I've turkeys in the field all the time. Right. And remember, not soon after they got done clearing that, I kept seeing that hen across the road yeah. in that guy's yard. Right. Had them two mid-sized poles with her. Right. You know there had to be some good turkey hunt down in Man, there. Man, it ticks me off. I know people need to make a living and people need jobs and all that, but man, that just punches me in the gut, you know? Yeah. Just ticks me off. But, uh, yeah, that's, I really love to take somebody who ain't never been a hunting, hunting. It doesn't, like I said, it don't really matter to me what kind of hunting it is, 
But if I had to pick, it'd be turkey hunting. If I had to mount when it had. He's coming in. He puts on a show, spitting and drumming. Or when you never, ever see him, and you're just sitting there, and the next thing you know, the bass from his gobble oh, yeah. is bumping in your chest. Oh, right. Yeah, when you never even got a clue there's a turkey around, you done set up. That joker done come in silent. I mean, you've sat there and called for 30 minutes, and he ain't made a noise. You never even heard him come in, son, and he's 30 yards in front of you and just hammered. Yeah, just gobbles and you makes you jump. You drop. You drop your call. You know what I mean. I love it. Like I said, especially when it's somebody that ain't never been, man. It's or, he's, or he's out there strutting, and it's just the best thing you've ever seen. And you're just sitting there contemplating, do I even really shoot this thing? Yeah. I mean, look at that. Yeah, that's awesome. I think that's what I'm gonna do, man. I think that's what I'm gonna do. Because I, don't get me wrong, I like hunting myself, you know, getting an animal myself, don't get me wrong, but, man, I really like taking people who ain't never been, you know what I mean, who's like never been a hunting at all. That's, that's just a ball, dude. And it ain't so much try to get them on my team, try to get them to like hunting. Yeah. That's just so just much. Just show them something they ain't never done before, something new. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. You was, you was watching a video the other day, or just a minute ago, some girl talking about failure. Oh, yeah. And how her dad always said something to her about not failing enough. Yeah. She And it encouraged her to start doing new things. Right. It changed her perspective on failure. Yeah, it changed her perspective on failure. I don't even know who that woman was, but it made sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um. Uh, so you're gonna change. You're gonna change jobs. You've been working this job with me, running heavy equipment for how long now? Two years. Maybe started in May of 2019. May of 2019 is when you mm-hmm. started. So over two years. Yeah, about three. Man, it don't seem like that long. I know. Wow. And then when the when the coronavirus first started in 2020, and they, they well, that's I was in. It was while I was in school. Mm-hmm. So, so I started the May of 2019, which is while I was out of school during the summer. Right. So I was working through the summer. So I'd been made probably the 30th. And you that you was just laboring then 2019. Yeah, yeah like May 30th, and that would have been through August the first was when school yeah. starts back here. So. So, so you was laboring, and you know that consisted of everything. Yeah, just any anything needed. What I do really. Yeah, I mean, I get I, I do yeah. a little bit of everything. Right, but but now you you've gotten into for over over a year now. You've gotten into learning to run some equipment. Mm-hmm. You know, track hoe, specifically a track hoe with a concrete muncher head on it. Learned a lot about working on equipment. Right, uh, you run a little track hoe with a jackhammer jack on it. Run a wheel loader. You run a wheel loader uh, with a bucket and with forks. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Off-road dump truck. Yeah, that's my favorite. You like the off-road dump truck? I like what's, it. A what's lot. your favorite about the off-road? Now, Cooney is running 
a shown up dump truck. Yeah, a, a big boy. But be specific, now, it's a Komatsu HM300 if you want to look it yeah. up. Yeah, now there are dump trucks a lot bigger. Oh, yeah. Off road dump trucks a, a lot, lot bigger. bigger. But now you run that Volvo too. Yeah, it's older. It's not as not as cool. <laughs> it, ain't, it, ain't, it ain't got the sexy to it. No. It ain't got it's, pretty paint. It's, it's really old. It's, it's a dinosaur. So, what do you like about running the dump truck so much? I, it's just something about it. I enjoy doing it more. I don't know. It's the same thing with the wheeler. I don't know if it's. I just. I guess it's the steering wheel. I like running the stuff with the steering wheel better. Well, do you think that front the excavator pretty much in the. With a track hoe, you say. Yeah. I've speed. The, the farm will pick with up next. The track hoe, you know, is pretty much in the same spot to run through the cluster, busting up concrete. Yeah, but with, with the off road, you're moving around. Yeah. You're getting around different places. Right. I like it. I like it when you're. If you're hauling from the same spot to this, or hauling to the same spot all day, you can you can pretty much make a pile of something just with the dump truck. Well, you can make a pile of something with the excavator. Yeah, but I'm saying, but but you can make a pile of something with just the dump truck. Hmm. That's what I like. So, if if you had to say, now you did get to help work on a lot of equipment. A lot of different type of equipment. Mm-hmm. Track hoe. Uh, anything. And, and all the way from working on parts of an engine all the way to replacing grease fittings. Yeah. You know what I mean? So just off the top of my head, I remember when you helped me take the, the clutch apart or the clutch housing and everything apart on the, the Toro <sighs> tub grinder. That's a that was some work. Right that was there, that so. was your first year there in the summer. Yeah, it was. That was 2019. Was it? Yeah, sure yeah. was. You helped me take it apart, take that drive shaft out, get everything lined up. And I can't. Why did I we, think the first? The why fir- did we take it apart? I can't remember. Can was, you? What the the clutch house and stuff? The, it wasn't engaged. That's right. Yeah, we couldn't get it to engage and. We tried fixing everything we could from the outside, and the only option we had left was to tear the whole thing apart. Yeah, and now we're talking pieces that it took the excavator to pick up. Yeah, pieces that if they fell on you, you was going yeah. to the hospital. Right. Uh, so I remember you doing that in the middle of the summer. Man, it was a dad blasted hot, boy. And it seemed like every time we got to going good, the bottom just fell through. Poor rain. And, and this was rain where it, like, didn't even cool you down. This was rain where the sun heated the water up before it even got to you, son. <laughs> Get some, son. This was hot rain. Get some of that. If that thing took the pump to take it out. Uh, Replacing teeth on that thing? On yeah, the mill? Just about every time you run it, you got to replace teeth that get wore down. And my least favorite part, my least favorite part about that thing was if it got clogged up, you could pretty much, once you climbed inside the tub and threw everything out of the tub or got it away from the mill, mm-hmm. you can pretty much start it up and it'll eat itself back from yeah. being unclogged. But that climbing up in that tub and having to throw everything out right. was miserable. I knew that whole summer, but I got a phone call from Daddy. What happened now? And it always be clogged up or... We finally got it fixed. We got the 
the the clutch housing and everything put back together. Right. Then the pump went out. At the pump put back on and everything was running smooth, fine. And I mean, no, about 30 minutes after the pump goes back on, blow the hydraulic hose. And it was the biggest hydraulic hose in the world, son. <laughs> we chased that hydraulic hose for, for I, I hours. I remember that. I remember it that. It ran all the way from one end of the machine to the other. Right. It never stopped. Man, that that's what I first remember you helping me work on. Now, now we've worked, you've worked on a lot of other things with me. The belts on the screeners. As a matter of fact, we just we put a new belt on today. Mm-hmm. Me, you, and the mechanic Hal, and um, and Cage helped us, but we put a new belt on today. We ain't got it finished. You know, when when you get rock, if it comes from a rock quarry or anywhere else, or different types of soils, top soils, they run through a screener mm-hmm. to to a either separate big the sizes different sizes or like if you're getting topsoil it's getting rocks and wood and and other things out of it and that stuff all wears out it all breaks and it has to be worked on working on that right like the biggest project is right now you're running the concrete crusher working on that anything you fix on that takes is you might as well say, all right, I'm down for the week. Yeah. I mean, because no, nothing on it's light. Yeah. Everything on it's heavy, mm-hmm. huge, expensive. Yeah. And everything from that concrete dust and stuff is just rusted or stuck Corroded, together. Packed. And you're using pounds of PP blaster to even get a, a eight millimeter bolt to break loose. Yeah. Yeah. The, so, late, the latest big project we did was the... The, all the hydraulic pumps on that thing. Right. We took the two apart that sit beside each other and then the really, really big one. Mm-hmm. Of course, we didn't have to do that. Yeah, they they took it off on a Saturday. The two, over 17 did. But now there's, or yeah. have probably done a lot more so, stuff. So I don't mean. let it go to your head by any means. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think. So you're, so you're changing jobs and... uh are you excited? I am. I'm really excited. Are you happy with how this job that you've had has went? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Are, went, are you ha- good. Are you happy with the experiences that you got? Oh, yeah. And the people that you met? Yeah, I feel like if I, if I would have been anywhere else, I never would have got those experiences. Well, any other company that does, like, heavy equipment stuff. Right. Because a lot, a lot of the other companies, you know, they have mechanics and... You're pretty much just an operator. Right. When something breaks down, you just let the mechanics deal with it from there. Right. But where we work, like you said, we we pretty much fix our own stuff. Well, you know, it is what it is. Works work. Yeah. I ain't going to say I don't get aggravated by it sometimes, but who don't get aggravated with their job? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If you don't. The, the main thing, though, is... Um, you got to, you can't let your job bec- define who you are. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's a lot of people out there, like I was saying, don't let that stuff go to your head and that you know this and you know that. And I, I say this from experience because I've done it. Let what they do, 
what they know become who they are, right? I'm better than this person because I can get more done or I can operate this piece of equipment or I work more hours. Man, all that's a boatload of bull crap. You know what I mean? You're young. You're looking. You're searching. You're trying to find what you what what interests you, things you'd like to try to do. Yeah, I'm sure your mind's running 900 mile an hour on on just different opportunities. You know what I mean? But I also think it's important too, and I'm not saying that you that you are, but I think it's important too not to job hop your niche. You know what I mean? And you got to, uh, like I said, there's they're schooling beyond high school. Whether you decide technical college or technical school, college, or if you want to go to work somewhere that's going to send you to school. You know what I mean? Uh, that That's completely up to you. But I think it's important not to job hop to uh, just at every opportunity that pops up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're going to work for a, I guess it's an off-road. Yeah, uh, off-road I, shop is what I'd call it. Yeah, they soup up Jeeps and two-wheel drive. And working in there and here, something you've been doing. Good job where you, um, I'm glad to see you go and get something on your own. You know what I mean? And give it a go. You had a job. Working at a pizza place, yeah, and then the Rona hit, mm-hmm. and they they close they they closed it down for a little while. No, they never they never closed down, but they they they, they, they shortened their hours is what they did. Right, and that put you and that they was only able to schedule me one day in order to keep everybody on the schedule. Right, right, and that just dollar inch trying to get it to pass. Hmm? phone bill and stuff like that yeah just couldn't no i think it's important to uh just realize as you as you come up you're going to find things that you like to do and here's here's the way i was when i would when i would change a job and i found it to be really exciting then i would let who i was become that job right Mm-hmm. I wanted to put in hours. I wanted to pay my dues, and this and that. and and all that's fine and great. But you cannot let it become who you are, because that is taking away so much. If you are filling yourself up with nothing but your job, I'm telling you right now, it's it's going to affect. The relationship with the people you know, your friends, and your family. Period. A hundred percent. I could get really soapboxy about this. But you, you go and ask anybody, anybody who spends more time at work than they do at home. They may not be forthcoming with it. You just talk to them and you can see it. And then there is another part, too. You could spend too less of time at work, too. You know what I mean? You just got to find that happy medium. Yeah. That happy. Because when I was in my 20s and early 30s, I thought I had to be at work all the time working. 
Man, money ain't everything. Money might be everything to the place where you work, but I'm telling you, it's not everything, period. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah I get it. It's uh, I've watched too many people, too many people work daylight to dark to the day they died. Telling you, it ain't worth it, son. It ain't worth it. I took a job one time making five dollars an hour less than what I was making at a job I was working just because I wanted the time off, right? Mm-hmm. And, and let me tell you, I had just as much money in my pocket than I did with that other job that I worked 60 hours a week and made more money. You will adjust. The Lord will provide to where you need to be. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Does does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. I'm not telling you by no means to only work 40 hours a week and not get about your sis is what I, the Lord to Lou, you're the one providing my way. I'm the one making this company money. I'm the, I'm the best one that works here. I'm, I'm going to promise you it's going to bite you in the tail. Pe- people can, you can, you can sit there and there's no handbook on raising kids at all. And you can, you can spend every waking moment with a kid. And that kid, you know, air quotes, turn out to be a bad kid. Yeah. It could happen. Uh, make That kid can make mistakes. And you really, really tried. Right? But I think for a lot of people who say they're trying to give their kids more than what they had, and that's the reason they work so much. I don't think they really realize what they did have, what their parents really gave them. Because you're not giving, you're not giving somebody anything if you're not there with them. If you're not there with them, and if that does happen in a roundabout way, that. They start making mistakes early on in adulthood and whatever. I think you got to man up and sort of swallow it and say you wasn't there. Yeah. If you feel comfortable with only giving your kids 30 minutes or an hour a day, that's on you, brother. I ain't judging you. But I ain't doing it. There's more... I'm not a parent, so I can't really speak much on it, but I feel as if there's more to it than just, I didn't have a PlayStation. I'm going to work to give my kid a PlayStation. Well, yeah, you feel, you feel, you you spend all your time at work, and uh, you you fill your kid's rooms up with these, all these things. I'm, I mean, what? look at this podcast. If you would have worked every day of your life, and only hung out with me and Buck for 30 minutes or an hour a day, we wouldn't have this podcast because we wouldn't have nothing to talk about. Wow. 
Listen, that Coney coming up with some good co-host <laughs> filling stuff. I mean, there there wouldn't be nothing. Uh, there wouldn't even be nothing. Coney, I think that's the most profound thing you've said. Do you really? On any podcast, we repeat that. Repeat it for the people now, in the now back. I can't even remember what I said. <laughs> you said if I'd have spent all my time at oh, work. Yeah, if you would have just spent 30 minutes or an hour with us, we wouldn't have nothing to talk about on the podcast. So this wouldn't even be a thing. We wouldn't be reaching the people we're reaching. People that's reaching us wouldn't be reaching us. Wow. You see. Would have never. That's awesome. Man. The frost becoming started this season. Right. This season. And, it, and it's, it's not of me by no means. But this season to me where all these people are coming into our lives. These people that, that just speak directly to me and to you. And um, for me, for me, I'm not speaking for Cooney, but started when I was, I sincerely went to the Lord and asked him to please help and show me how to get sober. Right? Mm-hmm. And it started a tense, man, that... Uh, then I went on the three of seven podcast, and it we just we actually had recorded a couple of episodes for our podcast. Or we'd re- already recorded the intro. We hadn't recorded a full episode yet before, and we'd already had the logo and everything else before Chad asked me to come on the three of seven podcast. Right, and that and we had the intro logo. And you was asked to go on the podcast. All that happened within a week. Yeah. All that happened within a week. Not week. Really not even a week. Right. Because you was asked to be on their podcast. And you was on that podcast that Saturday. No, it was a... That, that Wednesday. Was a Wednesday, yeah, yeah. So less than a week. And then, man, it's just been... Man, I wish I could name off... I'm not even going to try because I'd leave somebody out. I know I would, but... There is a. Uh, there is so many people that's come into my life that's poured into you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. That's that's given to you. Uh, that's given to me. That's poured into me. And you know you can see the. You can just see, and feel how iron sharpens iron. There's somebody who texts, or calls, or messages me. Every day to check on me, to pray for me, just to talk because, not because of what we do, Mm -hmm. because of what God does. You know what I'm saying? We're we're blessed, Cooney. I'm blessed. I I had somebody message me. It was this this morning. They sent me. I haven't got the chance to watch it yet. It was Kelly Hensley. Yeah. He's got the the Reachers podcast. Yeah. He he sent me a YouTube video and I clicked on it and I, it's like an hour and a half long. Right. It's a it's a video of a preacher preaching a sermon. But right. I, I haven't watched it yet because we got busy at work with that belt. But yeah. I never I never would have he never would have sent me that video. It wasn't right. for this podcast. You right. Know? 
Yeah, absolutely. Jeff, Jeff Forrester sent me a book. Right. Which I was supposed to have read before this podcast, but I didn't. Well, you're working on it, so that's... I mean, you're working on it. Um, I don't never like to think of anything negative when we're when we're rolling like we're rolling right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's just... It, it just amazes me. It blows my mind how God... How God is stretching me, getting me to do things that I never be for good. You know what I mean? If you feel that you should probably be doing something and you don't at least try it, you're going to always wonder, man, man, you know what I'm saying? Which reminds me, last night, real quick, I'll, I'll get into this and then we'll wrap it up because we got to go get a workout. Then I'm going to skunk you in again, by the way. Blow your socks off. I can't wait for the day, Cooney, that you try to keep up with me. But anyhow, <laughs> I, I know what it is. When we take off jogging, and a lot of times you, you are a quarter of a mile ahead of me, and I think, oh, this chucker right here is about to. When you start to slow down and I come by you and you see these monstrous Brock Lesnar calves, you're like, whoa, that joker right there is a beast. That joker is a beast. I may I may as well not even try to keep up with him. As a matter, you, as a matter of fact, you go, let me slow down because this joker right here is a beast. I can't catch him. My calves well. are not scary. Okay. You're built like a baby, like a calf, <laughs> like a calf. So we was at the track last night, mm-hmm. and we was at the track last night, and the track we run at, or I run at, Cooney walks at, yeah, is at the courthouse. The chill's new. It ain't even a year old, is it? Mm-hmm. I'm, I do my jog. I get my. I get my time in i'm waiting on cooney to finish so i'm just walking the track now and this young girl comes up to me and she's got a big old trash bag and um big old trash bag and all this stuff in her hand and she's like sir but can i is there any way i can you got a hot spot can i use your phone i was like what's up what's wrong and she said i just got out of jail and i can't get a hold of nobody and they wouldn't let me use the phone anymore in the jail. I said, well, okay, tell me, tell me the numbers you want to call them. I dialed all the she, she told me a long way, dark yeah. road. You could give me a ride. I could give you a ride home. And then it just sort of, it sort of struck me that God put her right there for me to serve right then. And, and the reason I said that is because yesterday I had been thinking you hear people talk about uh, serving their community, right? Like serving their community. And when somebody says that, you you normally think, well, go to a food bank and help feed the homeless or, or do something like that. You know what I mean? Something on a large, humongous scale. Yeah, like a scale. fundraiser or something like that. Right. Volunteer somewhere. You know what I mean? But here was here was a young girl that was asking, and I'm not saying this because I did this and this was so great. You know what I mean? This 
God gave me an opportunity. Somebody asked for help, and I was completely more than able to do it. Right? Mm-hmm. So I said, yeah, if you don't mind, you know, me finishing up this workout, I'll give you a ride. And uh, she said, okay. And what you, you was there. And she had walked down. I thought she had left. And you said you had seen her sitting on that other bench. And um, I thought about it after I didn't even ask her her or your name. Totally on no. Well, actually, last night that she got to hear. Here was a 20. She couldn't have been over 24. A real young woman. And she talked about how she had been in jail. How many times? Like a bunch. Yeah. And was planning... She had a warrant in another county, and that county chose not to get her uh, because of the coronavirus. They wasn't taking, you know, they wasn't overloading their jail with anybody they didn't absolutely have if it wasn't a violent crime. She got to hear me talk to Buck on the phone and tell Buck how proud I was of him and that I loved him. Uh, she got he was going would say well good luck God bless you and um, you know it doesn't not that that's a riveting story by any means by no means but you know about two or three years ago straight up honestly I'd have probably said no I can't give you a ride I mean really I would have yeah two or three years ago talking about what you was talking about if if this wasn't going on and this wasn't going on, two or three years ago, I wouldn't even have been at the track. I'd have been at the barn. You know where I'd have been. Laid up on a hay bale, drunker than Cooter Brown in a backwoods juke joint. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Calling your mama to come pick me up because I was ready to come home, get a shower, eat, and go to bed so I could go to work the next day. What a blessing. A perfect ending to a perfect day praise god praise god now you ready to go get your tail whooped at this track come on i'm about, man. To, I'm about to smoke you cuz you want me to wear long britches so you ain't got to look at my calves Psh. all right y'all we'll holler at you deuces